Welcome back to the Across the Board Podcast. I'm your host, Chandler Adams. Joined today by Isaac Young, and we're here to do something new today. We're going to take the Cleveland Cavs organization. We're going to act as if we are Kobe Altman in that front office. And we're going to try to rebuild the Cleveland Cavaliers. Talk about the draft. Talk about free agency. Talk about contracts of the players already on the team. What would we do? How are we going to fix them? If you haven't already, go to YouTube, Adams Academy. First video is up, breaking down the NBA draft prospects of the 2020 draft. LaMelo Ball is the one on there right now. We'll be doing the next one soon. You can find my NBA draft guide on the website, atbsports.net. Yeah, this is a fun one. Sit back. Hope you enjoy it. It's always fun to talk about the Cavs in a more positive light than normal. We'll be right back with that episode after this break. This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple. It's fast. It's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts, and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports, as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. And we're here with long-awaited return of Isaac Young. We actually recorded an episode last week, but the audio was a little funky. Isaac, say hello to the good people. Hello. <laughs> we are here today to do a, do something we haven't done yet, and that's fix an NBA team. So obviously a lot of these things that we're going to say might be a little easier said than done, but we tried to keep it realistic, nothing too lofty of expectations and yeah are you ready to fix the cleveland cavaliers isaac all right so anyone that follows me on social media whatever it is knows that i'm kind of a big fan of Lamelo ball so with a little persuasion isaac and i decided that with our first pick in the draft we would take Lamella Ball. Now, hopefully, we, you know, you get him. But um, Isaac, I would say this: if Lamella Ball is not available, okay, let's say the Cavs get the top three pick. I think a couple of these things have to happen. If the Cavs are outside of the top three, you know, if they're at five or six, like they somehow were last year. I would consider trading back, trying to get up, pick up a couple of extra picks. Um, two, taking a flyer and a guy like Denny Avija out of Israel. It's I think he's going to be super talented. Uh, he's actually the next player I'm doing a film breakdown on. Lamelo was the first. You can find that on YouTube, Adams Academy on YouTube. Um, but Denny is. He's not like most European players. He is like 
someone shot out of a cannon straight from hell. I mean, he is balls to the wall all the time. He's a very good defender. He's a very good three-point shooter. And he is a very good just all-around playmaker, especially transition. So that's someone I could see them taking as well. He fits the player they need at the three. And, uh, you know, scoring three-player or three-man. But I think the Cavs' best chance of revamping this franchise is getting the guy in LaMelo Ball. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree. I think the the way that we're looking at it right now, um, the modern-day playing uh, point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, and center is out the window. Um we just had kind of a little bit of a conversation about this, about, you know, the Cavs right now are already going and running two-point guards, and I think adding Lamelo in, you would get the same thing as running two-point guards. I think you would start right away. I think you'd start with Garland, and we'll get into it a little bit later on kind of what we would do with the rest of the lineup and how we'd play out and where we we'd kind of see the – the future of the Cavaliers if they would take this route. Yeah, I think I think getting LaMelo Ball is going to send Colin Sexton to the bench. And I know Colin Sexton is – Isaac, you don't have Twitter because you're 80 years old. But uh, you need to get it. It's great. It drive, it'll drive you nuts all day and you get addicted. But uh, – I've actually done a really good job of staying off Twitter lately, and I think it's because I'm tired of it. But I want to, in my mind, I'm telling myself that I'm just doing a good job being mentally strong. Anyway, Colin Sexton is dividing Cleveland Cavaliers Twitter in half. You know, there's the half that is less intelligent. That's mean. Sorry if you're one of those people that say Colin Sexton is bad, which is just a false statement. Um, Because he is a point guard and he is not a traditional 10 assist point guard kind of guy that does not mean he's bad he's one of the most efficient scorers in the nba the past two years as a 19 and 20 year old point guard anyway sending colin sexton to the bench though would be what's best for the team and for himself and the reason being look at lou williams look at jamal crawford look at these scoring small scoring um guards who are not pass first options i don't think I've ever seen Lou Williams make a pass in his 10 years in the league that I've been watching him but he's one of the best scorers at that size in the NBA and I think Colin Sexton coming in against these second units not having to worry about getting Garland and you know potentially LaMelo or a KPJ Drummond Love involved it can be Sexton and Windler uh, helping him spread the floor out and you know these guys that it's just when you get the second unit in, it's a lot less about having everyone involved. It's really just about, you know, getting your best guys out there involved, if that made any sense at all. Yeah, I uh, I like your comparison to Lou Williams. I think that that should be somebody who Colin Sexton emulates because I, I think no matter where they go next year, uh, I don't know if you necessarily agree with this, but... I think no matter if they bring in Lamelo or they get somebody from free agency or 
and make a trade. I think Collins going to the bench because I just don't see the fit with Garland and Collin on the four at the same time. Now they can, I think they can do it in short spurts, but I don't think for a full game that they should be spending a lot of their time together. Do you agree with that? Lamelo and Collin? No, no, Collin and Garland. Oh, um. Saying saying that we don't get Lamelo and 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 any t- point in time, I think they do need to split how they're. See, minutes. I I kind of a part of me kind of disagrees. Like I watch them now, and it almost looks like they're not a good duo out there. But um, you know, Garland is a natural three point shooter and passer. Those are his two best attributes. You know, obviously his dribbling's great. His getting, you know, to that mid-range little step-back thing he has is great. So, But I think having as many shooters around Colin Sexton as possible is what's best for Sexton and the team. But I will agree, I think Sexton and Garland, for that matter, would take even a bigger step if you go get some of these, you know, um, the Cavs are a team that can take flyers on undrafted college free agents. That's what they do. Um, they do it every year. And I think the best thing for them to do if they get LaMelo would be to send Colin to the second unit, get a bunch of shooters, um, you know, and especially like Windler's going to play a huge part in that next year and let Colin go out there with the second unit with shooters, the three and D guys, you know, so if you're, when you start to become a good team, You'll have some of these 3 and D guys. You'll have Colin Sexton with confidence and a little bit older. But, you know, if you get LaMelo Ball, the your, your window of rebuilding just gets smaller because I he's that good of a player. He's not even close to being done, like, done growing his body, like, height, weight, size, um, like, his coordination, his speed, his strength. So I think having a team next year of potentially LaMelo Ball and Garland at the one and two, which are, it's going to be interchangeable. There's not going to be a title with who's the real point guard. And then having Kevin Porter at the three, who's shown he can make great NBA plays and score. We knew he could score, but he's showing way more than anyone ever thought he would. And then Love and Drummond as starters, that is, if Garland can find his footing in the NBA, LaMelo should be able to find it quick because he's been playing professional for two years. Kevin Porter keeps you know, keeps improving the this trajectory. Kevin Love can have a moderately Kevin Love year and Drummond can play like Drummond did. It, you're instantly at least not the bottom feeder of the league now. You're not. I, I think you'll be sitting in around the 8 to 10 draft pick area, which sucks. But at the same time, you know, you, you'll be at least showing upward movement. I mean, the last time the Cavs were bad, they were bad. Number one pick, number one pick, number one pick. LeBron saved them. They've got to find a way to survive without LeBron, and they haven't had to do that yet. But I, I think getting LaMelo Ball would be a great step in that, that direction. Yeah, so let me ask you this. If they're, in, if they're not a top three pick... Let's say they're like uh, they fall back to like a six to eight range. Could you see them trading out completely and not even drafting at all this year? 
No, 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 no. I think they'll definitely draft this year. This people uh, keep wanting to say that this is a weak draft. I disagree completely. I think if you're able to pick around six, and that's what you said, right? Six. Yeah, six to eight. Yeah. So if you're at six and you can take Denny from Israel, he is that good. He is very good. I really, I really think he is. I think he'll be a great player. And if you don't feel confident in him, if you know, but they obviously are confident in foreign players, uh, Zizek and Osman. You know, they take a lot of pride in those two players. Right. Um, if you don't want to take him, though, you think that's a little too high. You know, the the telling is that he's going to fall to 15-ish. Try to trade back a few slots, pick up another second, hopefully two more seconds, but at least one more second for this year. Because, you know, like we talked about, there's a few players that I would like to see the Cavs try to trade into the second or even pick up as undrafted free agents, which we'll get to in a second. But I think picking at six could still be good. I think this draft is a lot better than – I think the reason – the NBA draft community has this perception. Some do that this is a weak draft class, but I really think. And Isaac, I know you're not, um, you know, elbows deep in the NBA draft, but I think you can agree that this makes sense. They're on a Zion and R.J. Barrett and Ja Morant hangover, <laughs> like just because these three players. I mean, the top players in this draft don't have as much hype as those three. I'll, I've, I said it when he was drafted. You can go back and listen to the podcast. It is in stone. And I'll say it again now, even though he just lost me money yesterday because I put the Rockets in my parlay. You know, I thought the Rockets could beat the Knicks. Crazy of me. Um, RJ Barrett is not that good. Can he get better? Of course. But just his poor shooting in college, really, if you're a three-man You've got to be able to shoot the ball if you want to be talked about as, you know, the second overall pick in the draft, possibly the first overall pick. Zion Williamson, he's absolutely crazy. I don't think he ever wins a team a championship just because of the way the NBA is. Point guards and small, not small forwards, but like small forwards, lean, agile, which Zion is not. Um yeah, I think there's a very good chance John Morant turns, turns out, out to be, be the, the best, best of that, of that class. class. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I'm actually, I was listening to on the way to work this morning. They were talking about John Morant and just how how his game plays and and how it's just eerie similar to just some of the guys that's been around the league for a long time, and he yeah. just looks like an NBA player. Well, when he was coming into the draft. I personally, personally did not want the Cavs to take him. You can call me crazy. You can call me a lot of things. I truthfully wanted Darius Garland. One, I mean, at five, I would have taken John Morant. Obviously, easy peasy. I really like Darius Garland's game. I, I think it translates. I think it's gonna be. He's gonna have a great NBA career. The only reason, the only thing that turns me off is John Morant, and this is just a personal thing. He's obviously a great player, and I just said he's gonna be a great player. But when you're point guard turns the ball over the most on the team. It's something that I just don't like. Russell Westbrook, I don't want being my franchise point guard. I I'm, it's just I'm with you there. Reckless but, turnovers by the point guard are something that cuz I 
like the style of basketball where I can give my ball to the point guard and crunch time and he will do everything to get the offense in the right position, not drive a little bit out of control, turn it over, or force a bad shot, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you there, but point guard, you have to have ultimate, have ultimate trust, trust in your point guard because they're gonna have the ball every possession almost. But I, I think a lot of that comes back to what we grew up watching as Cleveland Cavaliers fans. Can you can you name a point guard besides maybe Booby Booby Gibson that turned the ball over a lot? I mean, that was one thing that they actually did put around LeBron was a guy who could play second fiddle to him at the point guard spot and, and never really made a lot of bad plays. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I mean I, I mean, did grow up watching, watching the Cavs obviously, but my my first love huh? were the two thousand seven Spurs. Yeah. Well yeah, that team I don't know if yeah, they the ball. <laughs> if uh if Dan or Jack are listening, I'd still take Tony Parker. It's a big fight we had in an airplane at an airport two years ago but anyway so i think drafting at six isaac can be a, a thing that they can definitely do and get a player that can really help them um trading back also wouldn't be a bad thing you know restocking for next year's draft class which is you know has a lot of hype around it just like last year's draft class did but someone i want two people i want to talk about Hang on, hang on, one one second before we get off this topic. Um, for all you Cavs no. fans out there, just remember this. Last year's draft, they drafted uh, Kevin, which everybody thought that was all around the NBA. I heard this time and time again. After that draft, they went, eh, I don't know about that. Is that was, was that a reach? And it wasn't because... Of what he could do on the floor. I think we all knew that. It was the character issues. So just remember when it comes time. When it comes to draft time. The Cavaliers aren't afraid. And they haven't ever been afraid. Remember Anthony Bennett. <laughs> uh, even Tristan Thompson they felt was a reach. I mean the Cavaliers have been known to take reaches. To Dan go Gilbert, out there. Dan Gilbert loves to make a splash. And, and I know like. I know people are going to be like. Well it's been different. You know, we've had different GMs, yes, but like you just said, Dan's a big part of that, and and he likes to kind of go, whoa, let's swing for the fences here. He's definitely, a, he likes to go for the home runs. And now he knows when there's a guy like, like Darius Garland, who I think we all, when I talked to you last year around the, around this time, we both, I think, kind of agreed that's if, if the first pick was, the first pick that Cleveland had, we were hoping that that's who they were going to go for. It had to be. And and I was thrilled. I was tickled to death when we got three guys that I was I was pretty big on. You know, I didn't know a lot about Dylan Wendler, but when I started to actually do research on him and looked at his numbers, they were just ridiculous. And I, I think a lot of people need to remember that too. I mean, it's, next year is going to be like his rookie year. Because he hasn't played at all this year. So it's like we're going to get an extra player, even if we only do stick with the one pick that we have. Yeah. The, and you look at last year's draft class, I mean, I, I think the Lakers, well, the Lakers, the Hawks, 
helped us out by getting DeAndre Hunter because, you know, if you don't get Darius Garland or Kobe White, I think either one would have been perfect fits. Yeah. Um, after that, it drops off pretty quickly. I think there are players in there that are going to be great. I really like Langford. I really like Hachimura. But just the Cavs needed a point guard. I think they got it in Garland. And, you know, they're – Kobe Altman seems like the kind of guy that wants to trade. He wants to get into drafts. He likes to draft. Gilbert doesn't ever mind spending money on his team. There's a lot of hate around Gilbert. I think he does a great job giving money to the team. He does a lot of things that I would do differently. But anyway, that's what we would do with the first round of the draft. Now, something I I – this is something that I'm very, very passionate about. Uh, I discovered him a couple days ago looking at European NBA prospects, and I'm going to give away my secret right now, but it's okay because I'm not going to tell you how to spell it, and I'm botching this name, so you'll have to wait until I put out my scouting report to get it officially. No. his A player that I just told Isaac about, and he watched him, and his first words were, oh, holy shit. Um that I want the Cavs to slide into the second to get. His name is Alexei Pokuzevsky. That, that that didn't sound too bad, Isaac. I think I got it. I know I yeah. got Alexei, right? But I could not find a pronunciation of his last name. Pokuzevsky. Anyway, I'm going to give you guys a little summary of what this guy's all about. Uh, he's 18 years old. He's born the day after Christmas in 2001. He weighs 200 pounds right now. Remember, he's only 18. Um, he's seven foot tall. You might think, okay, he's just another foreign center. No. He plays the he plays a three four tweener, and his greatest attributes. I only watched oh like I can only find one game and didn't have all of it, but the first thing you notice is that he can pull from anywhere i mean he's coming off screens in full sprint getting a shot off people can't block him because he's he he's kevin durant size um his obviously like his measurements like just how tall he is how his wingspan is ridiculous i don't know what it is but you could just tell um he's a good rim protector however he's not like a great on-ball defender right now and his ability uh, to sh- just shoot and be able to handle the ball, he can handle the ball, pass the ball well. At that size, makes him an instant what if. So this website, basketballrealgm.com, says his current NBA draft status is draft eligible in 2023. There's That's not right. Um, uh, you know, I'm re- I read an article on the – I, I'm going to botch his name. Stipen, S-T-E-P-I-E-N. You know, they're a, a really good basketball prospect um, website and team over there. You know, they talk about whether he's, you know, if he doesn't get drafted in 2020. So I'm going to go ahead and say he is draft eligible. I don't – I'm going to have to look up the rules. Maybe he has something going on with him that he wouldn't be at draft eligible, but I know that you can draft – he should be draft eligible. So, he's someone that I would love for the Cavs to swoop in and take. Um, 
because he plays a lot. I don't I don't want to speak for you, Isaac. The first person that came to mind was instantly Giannis, not their play style, but I was like, okay, this guy's seven foot tall and he's lanky. You know, look at what Giannis did with hard work. But the first player that came to mind play style was was like it was honestly Kevin Durant. And I, this guy is never going to be Kevin Durant. But the fluidity and his beautiful shot. I mean, he had a perfect form. You saw it, Isaac. And yeah. So that's kind of the player. I'm trying to put a build in your head. So just think about Kevin Durant on the wing without his um, driving ability. And obviously, his Kevin Durant has a nice post-up, back-down game. But just imagine Kevin Durant out there, you know, protecting the rim, shooting threes. This guy's a perfect fit for a four guy in the NBA. A real Kristaps Porzingis role where he doesn't have to bang with the big guys all the time, but is able to use his size and quickness in the pick and pop, the pick and roll, block shots. Go look this guy up on YouTube. He is absolutely phenomenal. Oh, he's on Twitter. I'm going to get on his Twitter. But anyway, Isaac, tell me what you saw in him. So I'm I'm with you with the Kevin Durant. That I think it's funny because you said that, and I was thinking in my head the way he it wasn't the way he moved he moved not necessarily the drive but just the way he moved on the floor and then he he had a play where it was he brought the ball up to he brought the ball up court he passed it off he went to cut inside and came back out and he had a pop-up three and it was just that was like instantly it just looked like Kevin Durant to me and that and I'm not like you said, I'm not saying this guy's going to be the next Kevin Durant because you just don't have that. But I also saw a couple plays because of what I was watching was like a highlight reel from U17 um, where he was playing down low and he was he blocked a couple shots and he was just the way he kind of played that four role reminded me a lot of Pozingas. I I think he could kind of be a mix of the two. I'm, you know, not saying he would be the best of the two, but a mixture kind of player like that. Almost, uh, I don't like making this comparison, and I know you're going to be like, what? But almost a knockoff version of Dirk Nowinski. Yes, but yes, he moves but much, 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 much better, much, much than, Dirk. than Dirk. Yeah, but he definitely has, yeah, I'll agree with that, but he definitely has the defense that Dirk had when he first came into the league. Uh, Yeah, I would agree. It's very, Dirk played in that first um, U.S. versus the world game, and he was a real scrawny young kid that nobody knew about and came into his own. I, I, I definitely see your comparison. Their play style is not the same, but I think they yeah, can definitely yeah. follow the same career path, hundred uh, percent. Um, yeah, more play style towards a Kevin Durant, Porzingis. But when when I say the Dirk comparison, what what I was seeing was early Dirk. I'm talking first like three years in the league, not the Dirk that everybody remembers. Mm-hmm. Um, just the kind of. Dirk almost felt like he didn't know what to. And not, uh, no, that's not right. Um, he knew what to do on the four. He just didn't really kind of have a feel for it. And I, that when I watched him play, I mean, he's 18 years old, so obviously, he's he's gonna have that. But that's kind of how I felt like he was around a bunch of guys and he really didn't know 
he was scoring points and he was getting buckets and he was playing good defense. He just didn't know his real role because he's seven foot tall with with good handle, but he also is playing kind of that bigger role, but also playing a point guard. It, it, it was odd. I and I maybe that's kind of just because whatever team he's on, he they don't really know how to use the guy. That maybe that maybe that's a better way to explain it. Yeah, so something I think is interesting is let me read off a couple um, of the... So his agent's name is Jason Wasserman, I believe. Jason Ron. Jason Ron that works for Wasserman. And here's a couple of Jason's clients. Clint Capella. Skull Labisari, both on the Hawks. Um, Alan Smalagic, Smalik, never heard of him. On the Warriors, Demontis Sabonis, one of my favorite players in the NBA. Uh, you know, Diang on the Grizzlies. Uh, oh my gosh, Jalika on the Kings. Uh, little Bogdanovich, who's also on the Kings. Big Bogdanovich on the Jazz. Um, John Stockton's son, who's currently on the South Bay Lakers. Luke Semanic, Luca Semanic, drafted by the Kings, the Spurs last year. Isaac Bonga of the Wizards. Rui Hachimiri of the Wizards. And Tiago Splitter, who obviously is no longer in the NBA, but famously did, got blocked by LeBron. Um, so... He, he's got a legit NBA agent. That was what this whole thing is about. He and I'm reading. I'm trying to find out more about him. I'm, I followed him on Twitter. Saw something. This scout put on tw um, Instagram. You know, Polkazewski might be the biggest wild card in the draft. If he never plays an NBA game, it wouldn't surprise me. If he becomes a legitimate difference maker at the next level, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, and then he talked about the same things we did. Seven foot, can score off the dribble. Hits the three ball extremely well. Great instincts as a rim protector. So obviously what we saw, other people saw as well. Um, that, I, I'll, you know, guys, that might be my next breakdown for Adams Academy. I don't know. It's either going to be him or Denny. I really want to focus on the international players first. But So obviously that's the real wild card pick to get back in a second. You know, Isaac, I thought I found this real diamond in the rough, but apparently a few other people out there know about him. Oh well, we were one of the first. I yeah. never heard of him before. I I hadn't either. Not not that I I'll be the first one to tell you I'm not into uh, the international players as much. But uh, that's racist. <laughs> it's 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 a hard, just not as accessible, you know, to watch. Yeah. So oh yeah, yeah. It, it took, took me, me hours, hours trying, trying to, to find the Miller Ball tape on Reddit because I didn't want to pay for it. Um. So another uh, here are two undrafted free agents. I could definitely see the Cavs going after, and I'm going to make a bold statement right now. Baylor guard forward tweener Draymond Green playing esque without the stupidity and technicals. Mark Vital. He calls himself Mister Ninety Five Percent. You know, and to be cheesy, he is literally vital to his team's success. 
Yes, yes, Baylor has Butler out on the wing. But Mark Vidal didn't play last game. They look like a completely different team. He is a true heart and soul player. And I promise you, if Mark Vidal goes to a team that gives him the situation, meaning you, he cannot be your playmaker, he cannot be your best player, he has to be what Draymond was to the Warriors, which we can all agree, when Draymond is put as a role player in a role player setting, he is he can help out most teams in the NBA, if not all. Um, and whether you like his, he's an idiot, he does a lot of stupid things. That's just, I'm saying a fact. He is a great role player. He's a great meat and potatoes guy. That's what Mark Vidal is, but he's a better shooter. He's more level-headed. And I would even go as far as to say he's a better defender. I think Draymond Green gets away with a lot of calls on defense because he chirps to the refs the whole time. Go watch Baylor's next game. Watch number 11, Mark Vidal. You'll see him in the uh, March Madness. <laughs> Looking at Mark Vidal. Yeah. So His dunking ability is crazy. And he's playing with knee tendonitis. He's... He's a 6.6 rebound for the 7% shooter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This one, he's undrafted for a reason. But yeah. This is beyond the stats. I mean, Isaac, um, this weekend, or maybe not this weekend, you're gonna, you're, I'm going to make you sit down and watch Baylor during March Madness, and you'll fall in love with him because he is the guy that – He's every team's favorite player, fan base favorite player, because he works his ass off and he does things that other players don't do. And my other one, which is an even bigger flyer than Pokazewski, and this name is even harder to pronounce. Let me. His first name's what would be translated as George in the U.S., uh, his last name is Kalazakis. Something along the lines of that. We're going to call him Georgie Boy. Georgie Boy, I will put his um, I will put his full name in the description of this episode so you can go look him up on Google. I'll post about him on social media. But he's a very interesting player. Now, he's already 21, and he's 6'7", but he's still got that thin body. You know, he's not much smaller than a Jetty Osman. But, um... His his three point shooting is he, he shoots around thirty percent right now. He's playing in the this is from the two thousand nineteen FIBA U twenty championship. He shot around thirty percent from three, which isn't great, but he shot seventy percent um, for field goals, and free throw percentage was eighty percent, and he shot seventy of them in. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. So he was shooting 10 a game. Um, he's someone that maybe you pick up, you know, give him a contract, see if he can do anything at the G League level, maybe move him up. It's a real flyer pick, but it's just trying to think outside the box because you're in a real rut as the, the Cavaliers are. Right, right. And like we were just talking about, you know, Cleveland's always been known to take a couple flyers every year, guys that you don't ever know what they're going to do. And maybe maybe one year we'll find a diamond in the rough and we'll uh, we'll get some good minutes out of him and some good play. Yeah. It's it's uh it's a real 
you know, the odds of it happening are small. The odds of him ever being anything in the NBA are small. But he's he's got the size. He's got the scoring ability. It's just it's it's out there. It's questionable. Um, so we're done with the draft. Uh, we're obviously contenders now again. Huh. Then it comes to it's not in this order, but we wanted to talk about the draft first. So we both decided that. Obviously, if you're Kobe Altman, Drummond agrees to come back. You got to give him the max. You got to keep players like Drummond around. He's not going to win you a championship. But if you do get to the point somehow where you are competing for the playoffs, you saw it in, Pitt, in Detroit. Andre Drummond can help lead you to an eighth or seventh seed in the NBA, yeah, and especially in the East. He is a very good player. He can defend the rim. He's a great pick and roll player he's adding in a three-point shot somehow you know how he can already start to shoot threes at a somewhat it's still bad but somewhat like getting decent rate and Giannis is still where he is is mind-blowing um it's it's I don't understand if Drummond I mean if Giannis could learn to shoot a three it'd be game over it wouldn't wouldn't even be a question who's gonna win um but you got to bring him back. You got to keep players like that around, especially for the development of someone like Garland. Giving him a pick and roll big man is huge. Um, you got to you got to bring Drummond back. Yeah, yep, I'm 100 percent with you, and I I think uh, for for what this team where they're at right now, you know, having a piece like that that essentially is you know debatably your number two, three guy. Um, and you have a guys when, I guess when you get to a point where you start going, man, where, you know, where is this guy in our, in our scoring, you know, lineup? Is he our number two guy or number three option? You know, cause at any given night, he could be the number one scorer. And I think we sold that the other night. He puts up 30 points. And it's the same thing with Kevin Love. So when you start getting a bunch of guys like that, and they also offer you some defense, and Drummond offers that, um, you know, it's not bad for bad for a team. And he's still, it's not like he's old. You know, he's still got a lot of good years left in him. Um, he's a little bit more pricey than what I would want, but you're going to have to spend money to, to be able to get the guys in the NBA that, we're going to be able to play his type of level now. Yeah, and you're not going to find, as much as I love Tristan Thompson, that's, Tristan Thompson isn't it either, long term. No, and a lot of people need to remember, we are fans of the Cleveland Cavaliers, okay? Drummond would have never came to Cleveland if it wasn't for the trade. I mean, he did play for Detroit, which ugh, that that ain't no better than Cleveland. Actually, it's worse. <laughs> um, but I'm, what I'm saying is, if if he got out in the you know was an unrestricted free agent, he's gonna go to a big time team. Somebody would pay the money and bring him on and be your third or fourth best player on on the court, and you know he would be in a totally better situation than what he's in now. Um, but I think right now he's going to look at it as the money-wise 
And I'm sure he'll probably go out in free agency, but I don't think anybody's going to give him more than what his offer is. And I think Cleveland's going to spend that type of money just because they understand that. You're just not going to be able to get another guy like him out there. Yeah, it's 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 hard to get um, a guy like Drummond. He, and it's also it's hard to find those guys in the draft because big men are so... You know, everyone thought Thon Maker was a sure thing coming into the NBA draft, and he turned out to be, you know, a, he turned out to be like walking around in the kitchen with socks on and the floor was wet and you stepped in it. That kind of disappointment. The, the, the biggest disappointment that there is, really. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, next, and then we'll start to wrap it up after this, is free agency. Now, Isaac and I disagreed a little bit on this didn't disagree but Isaac is more of the I want to bring in vets I want to bring people in to try to improve the team a little more and I'm quite kind of in the middle I want to bring in vets but to be honest I want to bring in bad players because you know unless you can get young guys like Josh Jackson is going to be a free agent Jabari Parker is going to be a free agent you know, these young guys who haven't panned out to the expectations but may I remind you Josh Jackson's 23 uh, Jabari Parker's 25. His legs are about 39 right now. But if you can get those kinds of players, one, Josh Jackson's been through the adversity, and he's playing pretty well right now in Memphis, playing well enough. You know, it, he's mentally tough. He is absolutely mentally tough. You can say you're the, you're the number two pick in the draft. You're going to be the next face of this Phoenix Suns, and you turn out to be a bust. They send you away, G League, all this stuff. To be able to come back from that, it's a hard thing to do. And, you know, guys like me and Isaac will never understand that because we never have that amount of pressure on us. And then to fold under that pressure ruins a lot of people. But he seems to have bounced back from it. We'll see, obviously. This is just as of March 3rd. And then Jabari Parker, he might never be able to play a full season again. But what if he does? I mean, what if? And the Cavs aren't being able to go out there and spend $20 million on a free agent. They're not that good. They won't be able to get that kind of talent. So I'm 100% in on getting a guy on the what if. And what if he sucks? Okay, because the Cavs haven't absorbed 10,000 bad contracts over the last five years. I, that's the kind of player that I want to see in free agency. But Isaac, what, what are you – what would you want to see? Well – I'm I'm actually with you. I, I like the idea of, of having Jabari Parker on this team. You know, I'm looking at his stats right now, and they're a little misleading because of the fact of injuries. But for his career, he's averaged 15 points a game, 49% shooting, and about six rebounds, two assists a game. I on 20 29 minutes a game, I take that. I I'd take that in a heartbeat. And I, I think you put a bunch of young guys around him, like we have, <clears throat> he can kind of be that guy who is a leader, but not like your head guy, but he's definitely helping your younger guys. And you can tell him, hey, listen, I've been around the NBA. Uh, I haven't had the greatest career, but I'm still here. I'm still going out and doing the best that I possibly can every night to help my team win. And I'm going to show you guys, you know, 
how to grind essentially because that's what Jabari Parker's had to do he's kind of kind of had to grind it through he's kind of had to you know play through having all these injuries and just just keep going you know to keep trying to to live up to that number two pick that they they spent on him and and he has the talent he always did have it you know I I thought when he came out he was he was a damn good player I just I was always afraid of the injury aspect yeah and uh, the other thing with Josh Jackson is that he's he's adapted and he's got the jump shot that he didn't have when he came into the league, which is, I mean, in today's NBA, you got to be able to have a jump shot. Yep. Um, let's see here. There's some else that was Well, it's a good thing we're not on radio. But um, something else I did want to talk about for the Cavs at the number six pick. If they aren't able, if they are not, you know, as high on Denny as most people are, and you are able to trade back, you know, to the mid-teens or the 20s, you know, somewhere around there. Some under-the-radar players right now. Uh, you know, Obi Toppin is really talked about with Dayton. Someone that's, you know, being overlooked is Paul Reed from DePaul. Uh, he's, I, I, the more I watch Paul Reed, I haven't sat down and watched all of his games. Isaac's baby, everyone, just so you know, he's not torturing anybody. No, he just, <laughs> he was asleep and he just got up. Oh, he wasn't. He, he wasn't. sounds like his daddy. Ha! He wasn't supposed to come out here. Mom just grabbed him and took him back. Oh, he's good. I just, it, honest to God, kind of sounded like you were performing an exorcism. So I just wanted people to know. Oh, did it? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was pretty. It honestly scared the crap out of me. But, um, Paul Reed from DePaul, he might end up being one of my top ten players in this draft. There's no way he's going to get drafted that high because people will overdraft people from the big schools. That's how it goes. But, yeah, that's just that's someone to keep an eye on. Paul Reed from DePaul. And, you know, when it – with foreign players, there's just – Luca kind of changed the dynamic. But you got to remember that with these foreign players, a lot of times it takes one or two more years for them to develop. You know, that's why Jetty, he's right at that, he's right at the point where you either take the turn or you don't. I unfortunately don't think Jetty's ever going to take that turn. I, you know, for $8 million a year, it's not that bad. Hopefully, on when he's got a year or two left, you can trade him to someone that needs an energy defender to come in for 10 minutes a game. Because he could, he could provide you that. Um, I think he's trade bait this next year. I think he has one too many years on for being trade bait yet i i just i think i don't know i have it's like a gut feeling i i feel like he's gonna be one of the guys that they kind of toss out there because the last two seasons he he has played pretty well um but i just don't think it's hard for me to see him as our future small forward it just i just That's don't see we got it. Kevin, Kevin porter. porter yeah i'm with you on that i i told you that 
a couple weeks ago when we had this conversation. I, I think Kevin is. If okay, so my thoughts on Kevin, and we'll kind of get back to where we were going with this. But my thoughts with Kevin is the low end, bottom floor of his career is a bench player that averages like 13 points a game. Um, his high end is a couple time NBA All Star starting small forward for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, that's yeah, not, that's too, not bad. too bad. That's not too bad. I'd take that any Well, do you, off the top of your head, do you remember what pick he was last year? Yep, yep, 30. 30. Yeah, I think any NBA team and I say any, I mean any NBA team at the number 30 pick would take Kevin Porter Jr. Every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Was I right was with thirty? Right I just I think just he was. He was. He was between. Well, he was. He was he the was third guy that we took. I know. Windler was twenty six. I do remember that for a fact. I think Kevin Porter was only two picks after. I think he was twenty eight. Okay. Well, let me see if. Well, what we're getting at is he's a back end guy that was drafted, and he's putting up points. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And he's showing the ability to pass, which I don't think most people knew he had. Right. Yeah, I I said it. He was no, you were correct. He was the number thirty pick. Oh, uh, he was the thirtieth. Yeah, he, that's what it says on his on his Wikipedia. Um, why would I ever doubt myself? Uh, one more player to look at, and I'm gonna do a. I think I'm gonna do a quick run through, like up soon on YouTube. 30 best prospects or something like that and just kind of go over them. But uh, Aaron Henry, famous famous for the guy that Tom Izzo threw a fit about on the sidelines. It's the kind of player you want in the NBA, 3 and D. but And someone that Tom Izzo trusts at the end of the game to defend the best player. That's pretty high. That's, uh, that's pretty high on, you know, something to look at. It's kind of like Nick Saban trusting a player, just what you, you if those kind of coaches trust him, you should trade him too. But anyway, who you talked about someone that you wanted to look at as free agent, but you couldn't find it. No, oh, I've I've done moved on past that. <laughs> you uh, forgot. Uh, someone, someone that I'd like to see. And he, I don't think he he has a player option, but someone that I was gonna say his money would probably be about double what it is now, but I think he'd be a good fit to Cleveland with Avery Bradley. But I he's got player option. I don't see him leaving. Um, you don't see him leaving the Lakers to come to Cleveland? No. Come on now. Um, I, for some reason, I thought he was an un- unrestricted free agent, but he's not. He's a player option. That's who I was thinking of. Um, yeah, I think I, the biggest thing the is biggest thing the Cavs are not going to get a big-time free, big free agent. You know, it's, you know, it's can you keep around guys like Delhi who are great in the locker room, great to teach these young guys how to play defense and whatnot? And the other part, are you going to be able to get three-point shooters whether it's undrafted free agents or not, 
you need three-point shooters, whether you're a bad team or not, to help develop these guys, you know, Garland, Sexton, Kevin Porter, who like to drive, like to create in the lane. They need shooters out there to – these opponents, they don't give a f- – they don't give a damn if Jetty Osman is out there shooting threes all game. They really don't. And to be quite honest, I don't blame them. So they need shooters. They need veterans. And then if LaMelo can come in and play like a grown man right away, then then you have that. But if not, you you just got to focus on getting better for the future. And, and that's why suck. You'll, you'll keep hearing me say this. As, as much as you bring me on to talk about Cavs, and I hope it's often, um, I'm going to keep reminding everybody Dylan Winmore that this dude yeah. can shoot. Like, he's a legitimate shooter. Yeah, um, I mean, they need more than that. No, uh, absolutely. But people need to not forget uh, how just how, how good of a shooter he was in college. I'm going to make a comparison for you and see if you agree with me on this. There's a guy that played for Cleveland, and he is actually a nobody that sat at the end of our bench. He goes to San Antonio and has a he, his career just takes off. And and Danny Green, I I could see Dylan Winler being a guy like that. Yeah, because I think I think Dylan has pretty good. Well, from what I remember watching last year, his defense isn't terrible, but it ain't great. Um. And he's just his a pure shooter. Up there. Up there. It's his, it's his, it's his physical, physical traits, traits that yeah, right. lack just a little. But he can just he can just flat out shoot the ball. He's a left-handed shooter, and he great too. Yep. I I just I want fans the fans of the Cleveland just to don't do not forget about this guy because, like I said before, it'll be like having another draft pick for us, and I, I think people are going to be. I think people are going to see why Cleveland took him when they did. And I think mainly it's, it's, if he's half of as good as I think he is, I think it's mainly to block the, the smart teams out there, like the, the Spurs and uh, Miami and teams like that that's always known for getting guys kind of late that end up blossoming into good players. Yeah, I mean. You also just listed the two most steady franchises in NBA history, which I'd say there's a slight correlation with being able to draft well late. And it's the same thing in the NFL. The players, the teams that can draft low weight well late since 2000 are teams like the Seahawks and the Patriots and the Ravens and the Steelers. You see a little bit of a comparison with those four teams, Isaac? Yeah. I'd be remiss if I didn't add in Boston too. Boston has seemed to, to get grab guys that nobody really expected. Yeah. Oh yeah. They do a great job. But they also they they kind of they mishandled a lot of situations. Yeah. They they should have waited out LeBron because I think I'd much rather test my chances with Giannis than LeBron in the playoffs. Yep, yep, I agree with you. But Man, I I feel confident about the Cavaliers we just built. Do you have anything else to add about them? No, no. Um, hopefully in the next couple of weeks we can get back on here. And I'd, I'd like to touch on 
almost a full segment, maybe not, maybe half a segment on who we think the the coach for next year is going to be and and kind of that whole process of uh, how we think that's going to play out and where we think, how we feel about Colby Altman and where his stance is with the team and just kind kind of all front office stuff. I will be behind Kobe until he does something bad. I think he gets a lot of hate for that Kyrie Irving trade when he didn't get a whole lot out of it, but I think he honestly ended up getting Colin Sexton and Kevin Porter out of it because of the draft picks that they used. And, you know, Kyrie wasn't going to stay. You wish he would have. Um, you know, people say maybe he would have played. The way he apologized to LeBron makes you know that things were – he was probably being really bad while he was in Cleveland. So you wish he could have stayed. You wish you could have got more for Kyrie. But when a player says publicly, hey, I want out, it hurts. It's hard. Well, I said I said it then. I, I thought Cleveland was put in a really bad spot. Um, and I felt that it didn't – it was very limited on who was going to deal with them and what they thought that they were going to get out, and it wasn't going to be a great out. And so – what they got, I thought, was about the best that they were going to get. And Isaiah Thomas didn't work out like they thought he would, but, you know, yeah, it wasn't a perfect scenario by any means. Yeah, and you got to remember, when you trade for Isaiah Thomas, you just traded for a 28 points per game Eastern Conference Finals point guard. You traded for one of the best players in the NBA that past year. Right. Probably should have done. He, he come yeah, up. He Waylon, wants to be with Dad. On, you coming on the show, Waylon? Yeah, he wants. He wants to be. He keeps trying to get out here to be with me. So. <laughs> All right, Waylon. Tell me what you think about the Isaiah Thomas trade. If he would have talked right there, that would have been hilarious. But you you, tra- you traded for a top player in the NBA who just you did. Hip injury was way bigger than anyone thought it was. It sucks, but. Anyway, that's, I mean, that's all I have on the Cavs. Uh, Isaac, hopefully, is going to be a weekly returning guest with the Cavs, if not weekly, as often as possible. Uh, if you guys have things you want us to talk about specifically, <laughs> we also, you know, we probably won't just do Cavs. It will probably become an NBA kind of segment each week. Yep. We, um, you you know me. I'm, I'm on here. I'll. I'll talk anything with you. Yeah, you're a talker. So am I. That's why it works. But uh, you can go find my break, my uh, full 22-minute film breakdown of LaMelo on YouTube. Uh, just type in Adam's Academy. It's uh, put a lot of work into it. I really think it'll help you learn more about LaMelo and not just listen to you know the things that are being said about him because there's a lot of false narratives. And... You know, soon I'll have I'll have my next one out soon. It'll probably be Denny from Israel, and just you know, keep a lookout for www.atbsports.net. I'm gonna be writing up some player evaluations on there. You can go look at my uh, NBA prospect evaluations that I already have done on the website. Just go to uh, NBA Draft tab, 
you can download the free ebook whenever look at it and yeah and then make sure you follow isaac's podcast across the track not yet on spotify because i cannot get it figured out but we will eventually we will get that figured out yeah yeah we will um but you can go and listen to that on anchor um in the next two days i'll probably have another one out i'm trying to get some guys around to uh do some guests because i have not yet had a guest on i had my co-host and now he's gonna become a guest but i explained that all on the podcast so yeah come take a listen leave your comments concerns yeah, yeah that's where i'm at Shane. awesome uh, thank you all for listening and have a good day.